quiz time. Yay! So picture this. It's 2pm on a Saturday. My parents have been asking me to clean my room for over a week because all my clothes are on the floor and I have at least five water bottles rolling around somewhere. Um, but I haven't done anything. They ask, I say I'll get round to it, I don't. So they ask again, I say I'll get round to it, and I don't. But we get to Saturday afternoon and my friends are coming over in 10 minutes. So what do I do? I spend the next few minutes frantically shoving all my clothes in the cupboard hoping they'll fit. I throw the bottles on the kitchen bench for someone else to deal with and quickly make my bed so that when my friends come over they compliment me on how beautiful my room is looking. Mission accomplished. Or is it? Isn't there something wrong with this picture? Sure, I did what my parents were asking in the end, but it wasn't real obedience to them. I only did what suited me. And today we're thinking about how we worship God. In our passage, Jesus shows us that because God is our Father, we should worship him not for selfish reasons, uh, but because he is deserving of it. He challenges the thinking that it's okay to worship God like how I was cleaning my room, only when it suits us and when people might notice. And Jesus shows us instead three ways that our worship should be different. And these three ways are relationship, reason, reward. So the first one we're going to touch on is relationship. Because people worship lots of things. They worship gods, idols, sports players, musicians, you name it. But we worship one God who is unique. Because he's not just a God who is far away, he's a God who's relational. In fact, Jesus talks about God a lot in this passage, but he never actually says God. He uses a different word to describe him. He calls him Father. Uh, God is our Father. And most of us know our fathers or have someone who is like a father to us. It's a real relationship we have here on earth. So why would, God, uh, why would Jesus call God our Father? Well, this is a picture of my dad and me when I was cute. Uh, my dad is great. He and my mum made sure I always had what I needed when I was growing up. Uh, but more than that, my dad loves me. We have a special relationship because I get to call him dad. And because of our relationship, I have close access to him. And so when I was growing up and I needed help with my homework or I was having trouble with my friends or just needed to have a good cry, I could come to him. And the people he works with come to him in tears for a hug because we have a special I have a special relationship a unique one because I'm his daughter and so when Jesus calls God our father he's trying to help us see that we have a really special relationship with him and so when we worship him we do it differently because he is our father and we see really clearly what it looks like to worship God as our father in verses 7 to 15 Jesus is talking about when we talk to God he says, don't keep talking on and on, calling out to an unknown God, but speak to God as your father. Ask him for real things. God says that he will hear us whenever we pray to him. So when we pray, we don't just say things to fill in silence or time. We speak directly to our father. And if you're not sure what to pray, Jesus gives us an example in these verses. He says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So a few things from this prayer help us to see what our prayer to God should look like. And first of all, Jesus calls him Father. He says, our Father in heaven. Jesus is saying that as we pray to God, we can call him Father. If you've ever wondered how to start a prayer well, then you can't really go wrong with this. Um, Jesus tells us to call God Father as we pray because he is our, prayer, is our Father. And I love uh, to call God Father when I pray to him uh, because not only do I get to use that great way of relating to him that Jesus has won for me, but as I do it, it reminds me that I am his daughter and that as I ask for these things, he loves me because he's my father. And the next thing Jesus says is, hallowed be your name. Now Jesus puts this in his prayer because we're praying to the God of the universe. He uh, is so big and so powerful and so great that he deserves praise and glory. As we say, hallowed be your name, we're giving glory to his name. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. In this part, he's acknowledging that God, our father, knows more than us and is fully in control. We say, I won't assume things should go my way. Instead, I want them to go your way. And then we say, give us today our daily bread. As we acknowledge that God is our father who is in control, we aren't embarrassed to ask for the things we need, but know that we need, that, need him to give them to us because we are out of control on our own. And then we get to forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We here are acknowledging that although God is our father who loves us, he is also the God who is angry at sin. Because we're sinful, we know we can't just be like God. He's perfect. But he sent Jesus to offer us forgiveness so that we can have a relationship with him. And so we should ask for forgiveness. But this doesn't mean that every time we sin, God won't let us near him until we say this and ask for forgiveness properly. Instead, he's helping us see that as we ask for forgiveness and admit our sin, we continue to build that relationship with God. It helps us to say sorry for our sin and turn away from it and grows our relationship with our Father as we express these things. And so finally we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're praying here that God, who is in control of everything, would help us not turn away from him and sin, but instead stand firm in our faith in him. God is powerful and is able to help us as we're tempted. And so we acknowledge that by praying to him for that help. But just after this, Jesus also acknowledges that how we live is important. We are to forgive others so that we can pray, forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven those who sin against us. God wants our lives changed as we follow him. For the recognition of how we have been forgiven to impact us so that we will forgive others. In fact, our lives and how we live is so important that if we refuse to love others by forgiving them, God will not do the same for us. But this doesn't mean we need to be scared that he won't love us. Instead, it helps us see how serious God is about this. When we understand his love for us and his forgiveness towards us, then our lives will change so that we forgive others. Now, this prayer is an example of how we talk to our father, but all prayer is, is very real and special because God is a real father to us. 
And sometimes we can be like the pagans that the passage described, who keep on babbling because they think they'll be heard by God because they've said enough words or they've said the right words. Uh, And sometimes when we pray, we might just say words that we fill in time because we feel awkward. Um, But God is our Father and he hears everything we say. And so we shouldn't be praying like that. Prayer is speaking to him. And so when we spend some time praying after the talk tonight, why don't you think about what you could say as we pray to God as our Heavenly Father and plan not to say things just to fill in the time or get rid of awkward silences, but recognise that as you speak, God is listening. Our God is different from anything or anyone else that people worship because he is our Father and he is able to hear us when we worship him. And this leads us to our second point. See, the reason we worship is different as well. Because God is present and because he sees us and hears us, uh, when we worship, it's for him to see. The people Jesus is talking about in this passage have been giving to the needy and praying and fasting as ways of worshipping God. But Jesus makes it very clear that there is a wrong reason to do these things. He says right at the start, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. The heart behind our worship matters. Our worship shouldn't be done in order to be seen by others. And he goes on to talk about prayer, giving and fasting, because these are three things that we might do to worship God. And so Jesus talks us through how some people are doing them with the wrong reasons and how we should worship instead. In verse 2, he says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. And in verse 5, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And in verse 16, when you fast, don't look sombre, Uh, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. So these people, as they were doing things designed to help them worship God, they were doing them only so that they would be seen by others. In fact, they went as far as to announce it with trumpets and disfigure their faces to make it as obvious as they possibly could, just so that others would see and praise them. And Jesus says that instead we should do the opposite. We should make less of a deal about what we're doing, because we need to be really careful not to do things with the wrong motivation. He says, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. See what a difference Jesus is saying there needs to be. He wants us to be so set on giving for him only that we make it a secret. And when he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, he's encouraging us to not even make it a big deal in ourselves, something for us to boast about in our hearts. None of what we do to worship God should be to make us look good. And let me just clarify by saying that Jesus isn't saying that if someone sees you do something to worship God, it's wrong. Rather, he's saying that where possible, we should help ourselves do it with the right motivation by not doing it in front of others. Because otherwise we might change what we do just so that we get noticed. And these days I know we might not stand in the street um, praying very loudly so that others will see us. But I think Jesus here is revealing a tendency that we have in our hearts to make things about us. And just like the people he mentions, we might be tempted ourselves 
to make doing the right thing about us, not about God. Like only cleaning your room when you know that someone will see it, not because your parents have been asking you to for a week. Or doing something nice for someone, but only because someone's watching you. Or praying a lot at church because people hear you and think that you're really great, but never actually speaking to God when you're home alone. We do these things because we have a desire to make things about us. But Jesus is telling us that our worship of God needs to be different. Not about us, but about him. And so the reason for our worship sets it apart. And so does the reward. So we've come to the exciting bit. Hopefully you've noticed that you got given a lollipop. Um, can someone tell me what the instructions you got about them were? Well, it wasn't donated. You had a choice, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't eat it, you get a second one. Perfect. If you don't eat it, you get a second one. So can I have a show of hands who hasn't eaten theirs yet? Amazing. Great. You guys are so self-controlled. Um, can someone who just had their hand up, put their hand up again and tell me why you haven't eaten it yet? Yeah. I put it in my bag. <laughs> why did you put it in your bag? I don't want it now. Nice. What about someone else? There is a right answer here. Yeah. I love that. Oh, wow. What an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but you're right. It's, it's better to wait if you want lollipops because giving up the opportunity to eat one now means that you get two later. And obviously two is better than one. Um, and so Jesus says that the result of our worship of him is like this. The people who had the wrong motivation as they were worshipping God, doing it so that others would see them, they get a reward. But the reward is small. The reward is that others see them and maybe think they're great for a second or two. Um, and that's it. Because they work hard for others to see them, it's likely that it will happen. And that's, that's their full reward. That's what Jesus means when he says they've received their reward in full. But those who have the right motivation who are worshipping to honour God, they are seen by him. And they will receive a different reward from God our Father. In fact, Jesus encourages us to worship quietly and privately because God sees us even in the quiet of our own rooms. And Jesus says, when you do this, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So those who do it his way will receive a reward from God, who has seen it all. And even though it's private and not loud and obvious, God sees it. And we know that God is pleased with all the quiet obedience and following him. All the quiet ways that we give to the needy to love them and not to win praise. All the times we pray because we know that God is in control, not because it will make us look good. And all the times that we rely on him in the quiet of our own hearts and minds, he sees all of that and he's telling us that he will reward it. And that reward will be so much better. Because the hypocrites have received their full reward. But for those who live God's way, the reward is yet to come as he gives us eternal life with him. When we live God's way, we are brought into his family and into his kingdom and we receive blessings and richness that we can't even imagine. 
So if we live God's way, then we won't get human praise. But that's okay, because we will instead be rewarded by God in heaven. Some of us chose not to eat the first lollipops because it was worth it to wait and get two and sell them at school for lunch money. But in the same way, we can choose not to settle for human praise and for short-term gain in order to receive something far greater from God. We can be content not looking for human praise because being noticed by people is so insignificant compared to the reward of life forever with our Heavenly Father. And this sets our worship of God apart, that we do it for a real and wonderful reward. So let's come back to these three ways that our worship is distinct. It is God's role as our Father that makes our worship of Him so special. And the reason we worship Him should be different from others. Because we're not to be like I was, cleaning my room when it worked for me and when others might have seen. Instead, we should worship God in order to enjoy our relationship with Him as Father, knowing that when we do it for Him, we receive a much better reward than human praise. I'm going to pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you sent Jesus uh, to die for us and bring us into your family so that we might be able to call you Father. And I pray that as we consider what it looks like to worship you this week, we would not seek human praise and not do things to make us look good, but would do things to honour you truthfully and quietly. And we thank you for the promise of a far greater reward as we live like this. In Jesus' name, amen.